Warning, the following content does include triggering topics, such as suicidal thoughts and ideation, depression, um, self-loathing, self-harm, destructive tendencies, uh, and other negative bad stuff. I'm really sorry, I'm bad at warnings, um really great way to kick off this episode this is gonna be a deep one guys you know i am happy with how it turned out i just kind of spilled my thoughts and feelings it was really good i was happy with it but i do want to warn you if you are sensitive to such topics as the ones i previously said you may not want to listen to this or you may want to listen to it with a friend who can comfort you if it does make you uncomfortable but i didn't go too horribly into detail um but yeah without further ado let's get on with this episode hello hello and welcome back to slow with the wigglies i am your host rachel batson thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble really means a lot i noticed on the past couple um podcasts i the only two that i have posted the episodes um i actually got a little bit some views okay i got like okay (laughs) that's gonna make you think that it's like a good amount but it's literally like five or six people um but the fact that there are at least like five or six people listening like i really just thought it was gonna be a friend or two that listened to these um I have a feeling if if I get more into it and start posting more that probably less and less of my friends will listen to it and that's perfectly okay. I just feel like, you know, when your friend tells you they have a podcast or, I don't know, they're writing a story or making a TikTok or a YouTube account or something like that, like, you want to be supportive in the beginning, you're doing all that and then eventually you... I guess lose that sense of responsibility, like needing to do it for that friend. So I feel like at some point my friends are probably going to stop listening to this. And that's okay. If you're my friend and you're listening to this, um, I'm sorry for assuming. (laughs) I think that's just, you know, something inside me, maybe something that's like insecure. I don't know. But um, just the fact that I mean, I shared this podcast with, like, three of my friends, and I guess other people have listened to it, too, so that's super sweet. Um, it has been a week. I'm sorry I haven't posted in a little bit. I really don't know what sort of, like, routine or schedule I'm gonna go on with this. My last video was an interview, well, more of a conversation with my friend Amira, um, But I don't really have anyone here to interview right now. I'm currently at work. It is 3 a.m. For those of you that don't know, I work night shift. Um, So it's 6.50 p.m. to 7.20 a.m. I'm just kind of doing my thing right now. I worked last Monday. Today's Sunday. Well, I guess it's technically Monday now. So I guess a week ago. I worked night shift that Monday, and then the next day I found out that my friend had COVID, and I had been exposed to her, 
So I couldn't work Tuesday or Wednesday like I was supposed to. Um, it was kind of weird. I ended up getting a lot of the symptoms she was experiencing, which I just kind of assumed were allergies until, you know, she told me that's what she was experiencing. And then I was like, shoot, maybe I have COVID. Um, but I, I got two tests done. Both were negative. I got the antibody test done. That was negative. So I don't think I have it, which is a good thing. My plan, if I did have it, was to kind of, you know, isolate myself for a week or two. Um, which, to be honest, uh, I was kind of looking forward to a little bit. I mean, I, I don't want to have COVID or give it to anybody, but being able to just have time to myself, I was planning to, like, stay off my phone and read and meditate and cook and just do stuff I enjoy doing and kind of be on my own, away from distractions. I I use my phone as a distraction so often, and it, it's hard. It almost makes me question where, like my intentions are coming from and that sounds bad but like sometimes so I uh, <laughs> sorry I work three nights a week and with that it is the full night it's a full 12 and a half hour shift that I'm here and I'm usually here a little bit longer than that because I have to come early to prep for my time points um and I lost my train of thought oh Anyway, sorry. Anyway, so I usually work one night, and what that means is I get there at 6.50, I come home at 7.20 in the morning the next day, and I sleep. And then I wake up around 3 or 4, start getting ready for work that I go back into the next day at 6.50, and then the next morning I do it all again. And then I do that again. So I'll be working three full nights, but then I'm spending the days after these nights sleeping, sleeping it off. So I, I just end up having this like weird sleep schedule and then for the rest of the week, I make plans. I do stuff, I make plans with friends and I really enjoy hanging out with my friends. I really do, I love it. But part of me is like, am I doing this to distract myself? Am I keeping busy to distract myself? I don't think that's my main intention. I'm not trying to use my friends. I do truly enjoy hanging out with them. I just think maybe I'm using this to give me joy because I can't find it when I'm on my own. And that's a big thing I've been trying to work on lately is finding my value in myself and not from other people. I have a tendency to like overgive or like sacrifice myself in situations to be kind to others or to to make them happy and I feel like that's where I get my value from and it, it's been kind of unhealthy to be honest a lot of it's you know carefree little things we can all do nice stuff for each other but I've gotten into some sticky situations I mean after a really bad breakup this this one time i i went through basically a drinking binge and i ended up making a lot of mistakes well not i don't want to call them mistakes because i don't regret them but i got into a really dark place and i was meeting up with some guys and i would 
pretty much just drink until I was comfortable enough to do things with these guys so that after I would do the thing I was doing, I'm not going to be explicit, um, but if you're old enough, you can, you know, put two and two together, but, um, so I would drink, I would drink so I would be comfortable enough to do anything with this guy, to even touch him, like, I swear, he could come over and try to hold my hand, and I would be uncomfortable, like, that's where I am right now, where literally physical contact makes me uncomfortable, it just makes me anxious, and so I would, I would drink so I could say yes, so I could do the things, and afterwards, I would end up feeling miserable, and, and I realized I did this because it, it gave me value, especially after that breakup and sorry it it was it was a rough path that i went through i i was cheated on and then everything with covid happened like during that okay this was i don't know february or march or whenever it got really bad in 2020 um it was literally the same week that my classes started going online like it was actually like the day after or something that we broke up when I found out he cheated, I broke up with him. And it was like the day after was when we started online classes. So then I was just doing, I, I was stuck at home. <laughs> you know, we were all quarantining. I was stuck at home and I had to deal with this breakup, this horrible breakup. Like this is a guy I was on and off with for years that I was totally head over heels in love with. And the one thing I couldn't have imagined him doing, the one thing I didn't want him to do was cheat on me. And it it was like literally he could have hit me and I probably would have forgiven that before I would have forgiven cheating. You know what I mean? It was like if he had hit me, I could have made an excuse for it. Like it was just out of anger. It was an accident. He lashed out. He didn't mean it, this, that, or the other my brain would make those kind of excuses for the toxic relationship I was in. But the cheating, the cheating was one thing that like, you know, if you do it completely sober, you know exactly what you're doing. And honestly, if you're not sober, you still know what you're doing. You just don't care. But that happened and it sucked because it just, it took the whole way my life was going and was like, never mind, sucks for you. You're gonna go through some change. And then I was at home. I was at home trying to cope with this. I was broken. And I I got into that. I started doing stuff with people. People I didn't even know. And not once did I do it sober. I couldn't do it sober. I had to drink in order to do it. And I had to do it in order to feel some sort of value because I couldn't get that value from the relationship I was in. Which is just this whole toxic cycle. Like, you should be able to value yourself without other people's validation. But, like, I didn't even know I was doing it at the time either. Like, I, when I was in the relationship, I thought sacrifice and um, ignoring my own boundaries, I thought those were acts of love. Like, I thought I was doing something out of the kindness out of uh, out of the kindness of my heart like growing up as a christian you learn to put others before yourself 
And so that's what I thought I was doing. I thought it, it was like a romantic thing. But I was hurting myself and putting myself lower and lower and lower and putting up with more and more and more and telling myself that that was love. But it wasn't. So I got cheated on. COVID happened. And I was going on these somewhat of dates, you might call them. And I kind of got sick of it. Like, really sick of it. And my laptop broke. And I, I was just in a miserable place. And there was one guy that I ended up matching with on a dating website. And... I was going to go over there for an actual date, not to do anything, not to drink. I made sure I specifically didn't shave. I didn't wear anything specifically cute. I didn't put on makeup. I didn't do anything I would do before, you know, doing stuff with a guy because I knew I wasn't going to do anything with him. I knew I didn't want to. and. I went over there and I told him that. I told him that I didn't want to do anything. And I woke up the next day with all my clothes off. And I was in his bed. And it it was scary. He was all nice the day before, the night before. He was very kind. He respected my wishes of not wanting to do anything. But in the morning, I realized something had happened, and I couldn't remember it. I called my mom. I ended up going to the hospital, where they didn't even test me for date rape drugs. The guy, when I left that morning, told me I might have bruises. He said I threw up, and that I was gross, disgusting. And I I really hit rock bottom. There was a point where my mom was going to be going to New York because she's a nurse and she was going to go to the pop-up COVID hospitals there and I was going to go with her to also work because I'm a nursing assistant and I would be lying if I said the reason I wanted to do that was purely because I wanted to help others. I was truly in a miserable place and part of me Part of me felt like I was going to die. And I couldn't tell you why. I didn't really make the connection or uh, the association. It was just that I was going through so much. And I just thought my life was going to end. I thought it was going to happen somehow at some point. I didn't know when or why or how. I just had this feeling. Feeling like the universe was telling me my life was going to end soon. And then... All that stuff happened. And I remember one specific time where I'd hit rock bottom again. Like, in the same, same like, month and a half. This was all in, like, one month and a half. But, you know, after... After the whole date rape thing, um, after the cheating and after the COVID stuff and being online and my laptop breaking and everything, it was, I don't know, maybe April or something, but 
I had this guy over, and he was pressuring me to do things, and lo and behold, I was drinking again. And I didn't feel ready yet. So every time he would ask, I would say, just, just give me a little bit. And I would pick up my drink and drink it more and more so I would be okay with doing stuff with him. And eventually, I said yes. We got it over with. We did the stuff. We did the deed. He fell asleep with his arm over me. And I laid there huddled in my bed with this man's big arm on me. And I just started crying. I texted my ex, the one who cheated on me. And I, I told him that I felt like for for this time that I felt like I was supposed to die and maybe all these bad things happening was a sign from, from, you know, the universe or from God that the way I was supposed to die was to take myself out, was to end my own life. And I've had suicidal thoughts. I've had suicide attempts, like, you know, back in the day when I went through my, I, I want to call it a depression phase, um, I know depression is not a phase for everyone, but mine kind of was. Um, it, it was just like a period of life. And I did, you know, get out of it for some time. But even throughout all of that, even throughout the attempts, even throughout all of the the random ideas, you know, something really frustrates or upsets you and you're like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, those were thoughts I legitimately had when I was in fifth grade fifth sixth grade okay that's how old I was when I was going through this now I'm a, a sophomore in college um and during this time I felt the most sincere about it that I've ever felt I felt like really I was just getting all the signs and it made sense to me and I was calm with it I wasn't distraught I wasn't sad I wasn't I wasn't in, like, this misery because I wanted to die. It was, I was okay with it. I just thought the universe was telling me I was supposed to die. And I was supposed to cause my death, you know? I was supposed to kill myself. And it, it sounds like a really silly thought, or maybe a really sad thought. But it was really real for me at the time. And it's kind of what sent me into my awakening, um, or my enlightenment, I guess you could say. I don't know if I should get into that whole story. It should probably be for another episode. Honestly, don't remember where I was going with this story. Probably just talking about COVID or something. Oh, no, I was talking about how I want to work on getting value from myself. Basically, after after all of that, after all of that happened, blah, 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 after all of that happened and my so-called awakening and just this time where, you know, I got I got out of it, you know, I got to a good place, a really great place, actually. Then I got back with that guy. I thought that because I was in a good place, I could help bring him to the good place with me. I thought I could 
change him or improve him. And, and I feel awful saying it now. I feel awful if I ever said it then. I always urged him to do this and that instead of accepting him the way he was. And instead of acknowledging the way he was. Not to say that there's anything sincerely wrong with him. It's just that I need something else. I need... I need to really love myself. They say, like, you can't get in a relationship until you love yourself. You can't love anyone else until you love yourself. And that is so true. I know a lot of people disagree, especially people who are insecure or don't love themselves. But truthfully speaking, actual love that is not, like, an addiction, that is not so, like, codependent... You have to truly be fine with yourself and okay alone. You have to to love yourself to love someone else. If you're not okay being alone, then that is the reason you're not going to be alone. You might say that, like, you're dating them because you love them, but no. If you yourself are not okay with being alone, so you start dating someone, you are doing that to find value in yourself. You're doing that so you can be okay, not alone. And so I realized that in myself with with all of these tendencies, with the, the going back and forth with this guy who repeatedly gave me signs that that he was harmful to me. And I was harmful to him. It, it was like our egos just fed off each other. Just, Fights and arguments and lies and manipulation and it was just so unhealthy and I felt like I was suffocating and, and drowning and it, it felt like I knew it was awful for me I knew it was toxic but so many things like kept me hooked knowing the good side of him Thinking about the memories, the dreams I have for the future, you know, the, the white picket fence, family, the house and kids, like, you know, the traditional thing you grow up with if you're a girl, you learn, you learn about princesses and fairy tales, meeting your Prince Charming, and if you grew up Christian like I did, you know, my parents always told me I'm going to meet some Prince Charming, some Christian Prince Charming man. He's going to sweep me off my feet. We're going to fall in love. We're not going to get divorced. We're going to live happily ever after. Well, reality hit like a truck. I didn't even really see it when I was in it. It was like like there was fog. It was like part of me kind of knew what was happening, but part of me didn't. And there was this separation in myself of like, wow, I'm truly letting myself go through misery and the other part was like but he makes you happy sometimes and and what are you going to do if you're alone how are you going to deal with that heartbreak when it's over for good it's still scary for me to think I might never date this guy again it pains me to say that but it's good what I'm feeling is love 
what I'm feeling is my heart breaking open. It's cold, hard shell. It's just, it's just cracking and crumbling. And, and it hurts, but it's a good thing. Because there's, there's this beautiful, plushy, shiny new heart underneath all that ca- calcification. I know words. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah, hard stuff. I know things. Anyway, um, it's tough, but it's occurring to me over, over a lot of time that I let him treat me that way because that's how I felt I deserved to be treated. And I never realized this when I was in it. And I, I think it might be hard for other people to really see it this way because we think we're good. Like, I thought I was good with myself. I thought, you know, I was fine. I didn't have any insecurities or issues loving myself. Like, I, I thought I was good. Yet, I let myself go through so much. I put up with so much. And I don't do anything about it. I don't break up with someone. I I don't stop it. I just, like, let it happen and I wouldn't let that happen if I valued myself more. If I really cared about myself to the point where I believed I don't deserve this, then I wouldn't let that happen. If I really cared that much about being cheated on, I wouldn't have gotten back with someone who did it. If it really hurt me that much when he yelled or when we would have fight or when he would lie, if it really hurt me that badly, and I really cared about myself, I would have put an end to it, but I didn't. Until now. This time, I ended the relationship truly on my own, which was crazy. When we got back together, things were really good. This, this most recent time that we dated, and probably the last time, things were really good. He did a a lot. He was kind. And he was was trying his absolute best. And and I believe it. Part of me is like it could have been a show. I I have no idea. But he really tried. He tried his best to be honest with me. He was very kind. I mean, he did everything for me. Anytime I would ask him or I'd tell him like oh I'm thirsty I'm hungry I I could have woken up in the middle of the night when we were both sleeping and asked him to make me a four course meal he probably would have gotten up and did it and I, I know that those are like you know physical tasks and it might not seem like big things but I really appreciated it I mean it, it just meant so much to me that someone was just willing to drop everything they were doing and just do something for me. Just make me coffee. Just get me a water bottle. Go down and get the thing I left in my car. Like, things like that. And we were in a really, really good place. And then, one day I got this gut feeling that it needed to end. And that was really scary for me because all I wanted to do was ignore that gut feeling. I just wanted to push it down because I didn't I didn't want to see it end. 
So I I talked to him about it. And then we decided, you know, I was just going to wait. I figured it was just like a rush of emotions, you know. It, it, it wasn't like a fully developed thing. Just, you know, just a quick thought. So I decided I would give it some time. And for the next day that I spent with him, since that moment to the next morning, every time we would kiss, hug, cuddle have a little laughter, my eyes would just start watering. He would ask me if I was okay, and I would just say I was tired from being up late the night before, but every time we would have a good moment, my eyes would just start watering, and I had to try to hide it the best I could. But whenever good things happened, For that day after, all I could think of is, it's going to be over soon. And I've felt that before. I've felt that feeling in the sense where it's like you're having a really good moment and you're just like, dang, it's going to suck when this ends, when this goes away. I've had that. But this was worse. It was like I knew it needed to end. But I wanted so badly to just keep holding on. I did with all of me. I wanted to keep holding on. But I let go. It was abrupt and unexpected. And honestly, I I still feel bad for doing that to him because there was no sign, no warning, no big fight, no issue. Nothing went wrong. Nothing happened. It just... It was this gut feeling of intuition or something. (sighs) Since then, I've been trying to be whole on my own. But it's hard. I have so many distractions so accessible. I can be on my phone whenever I want. I can hang out with friends, I can go to work, I can play a video game. I can do all these things that most people fill their lives with, but they're just distractions. I need to be okay with sitting in a room doing nothing, literally just meditating, chilling, being with myself. That would be great if I could do that. But I have trouble doing that. I have trouble focusing when I'm supposed to be focusing. I I distract myself from everything. I guess that's part of having ADHD is, you know, your mind goes from one thing to another. And also I know I've spoken about this, but I am somewhat of an investigator or a thinker. What, What ends up happening is, you know, I go from one thing to another real quick. I'm just going on tangents and thoughts and speculations and patterns and distractions. So yeah, that's what I was gonna do if I had COVID. I was going to work on not being distracted, work on finding value in myself without the need of other people, 
or other things to distract me from this constant state of I'm not enough. It's tough. I, I, I could tell you right now that I believe I'm good enough, that I love myself wholeheartedly, that I'm perfect. I could tell you that, and I feel like I mean it. But then I do these things, and I have these histories, habits, and patterns that tell me the exact opposite, that I'm not cool with myself. I'm not whole on my own. And if I didn't have COVID, I was going to return to normal life. And as I said before, I got all negative results. So here I am at work. It is now 3.40 in the morning. I think I'm going to leave this episode for now and get back to work, do my own thing, I guess. But I really appreciate you guys taking your time to listen to this. Um, I'm sorry this episode was a little bit more of an emotional one. Um, But just for those of you listening, I'm good. Like, I'm okay. I'm not suffering. I have these emotions, and I like to analyze them, and I like to think about them, but I'm not in a place where I'm miserable right now. I'm not in a place where I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why am I feeling this way? Like, I'm not suffering. These are just feelings, and and it's okay to have them. In fact, I welcome them so I can understand them, figure out where they're coming from and why. So, yeah. I guess that is all for this podcast. Thank you for going slow with the Wigglies with me, your host, Rachel Batson, and I will talk to you guys later.